Okay, so this Sicha is a talk from the Rebbe that's a combination of his talks from 1968 and also on his birthday in 1972 when he turned 70 years old. The theme of this talk is about labor, work. Why does a person need to work? As a matter of fact, he's going to quote a verse from Job that says that a person was born to toil and to work. Not just to get something done, but actually to work and to work hard. How do you define what it means to work? As a matter of fact, by the Rebbe's 70th birthday, the Rebbe said that people have been telling him that he should slow down and he should retire. And the Rebbe spoke about the whole subject about against the idea of retiring because the verse says you're born to work. So how could you retire? There's something that we have to do to accomplish. And he, at that for bringing, he launched in honor of his 70th birthday, a campaign to open 71 new Chabad houses around the world in that year. So it was an ambitious campaign and 71 institutions were opened that year. So this is the theme about work and it's connected to this week's Torah portion. So how do we connect it to this week's Torah portion? So it begins like this. We're going to learn today the definition of work, why God wants us to work and what does it really mean to work? What's the word toil, work, actually mean. So first he quotes a verse. In today's parsha, it says that when God told Abraham, Lech Lecha, leave your land, your birthplace, and so on, go to the place where I'm going to show you. And over there, in that place where he showed him, in that place, God says the words that I'm going to give this land to you. Hashem says, Lizaracha, to your seeds, to your offsprings, to your people, to your family, and so on, to your generations to come, I will give them this land. What was the land? This is the land of Israel. At that time, it was called the land of Canaan. So on this verse, where God tells Abraham, I'm going to give your descendants this land, the Medrash comes and gives us a fascinating details to what happened that God decided to give him this land. And again, as we spoke many times, the Medrash fills in the gap. It's like the harmony of the Torah. And when you learn the Medrash and understand it, and especially as the Rebbe takes apart a Medrash and helps us to really get it, you really, it, the whole verse that this is the land to your seeds, I will give you the offsprings, I'll give you this land. We're now going to appreciate this verse in a whole different level. The Medrash says like this. When Abraham, when Avraham was traveling through the city of Aram Naharaim, which was in the diaspora or in Babylonia, it was outside of Israel. When Abraham, Avraham was traveling there, he saw people roaming around and he saw people eating and drinking and acting foolishly. They were basically wasting their time. So Avram said, he said, Halavai, I hope, I wish that I will never have a part in this land. Abraham wasn't interested in the life of drinking, eating, and wasting time. Wasn't interested in that. So he said, I pray, I wish, Halavai, I shouldn't have a part in this land. So then God tells him to get out of that land and go, go to Canaan. And when he goes there, he sees there 
that people, he goes there, the way the Medrash puts it, he went to this high place called Sur, or the actual word is Sulama Shultzur, it's a place in Israel, the northern part of Israel, he goes there, and he saw that people were busy working the land. He saw people weeding, he saw people hoeing, he saw people working. So Avram gets very inspired and he says, if only my portion, Halavai, he says, that if only it could happen that my portion should be in this land. This is the place that I would love to be. He wants to be in a place where people work. And this is what it means when the, this Parsha says that Lizar Acha, that to your seeds I will give you this land. Which land? The land that Avram actually said, I should be able to have a piece of this land. Which land? The land that he saw people working. When it was in Aram Naraim, he saw people wasting time. He wasn't interested. Here, he says, I hope I get this land. And Hashem says, it's yours. Now, so that's the actual Medrash. So what do we understand from this Medrash? that the Medrash is connecting God's promise that your offsprings will get this land. Together, it's connected with the desire of Avraham. Avraham said, Halavai, I wish, I hope that I should get this land. So Hashem says, which why did he say I wish it? Because people were working the land. So it's understood that what's the greatness of this land? It's the fact that people work. And that is the reason why Hashem says to him, I'll give you this land. So it's the quality of work that impressed Avram, and because of that, Hashem gives him the land. Well, if this is the reason why Hashem gives him the land, we have a question. And the question is, when Avram said that Halavai, I should have a part, a piece of this land, it should be a piece for me, which means that it has a meaning, that he wants to have a part in this land. He's not saying, Avram didn't say, I want to have this whole land. He said, I want to be with these people. I'm so impressed. This is a place where people work. That's where I want to be. I want to live amongst the people that work, not people that are the lazy bums. So it's understood that Avram wanted to live amongst these people and not amongst the people that that drinks, eat, drink, and act foolishly. But this promise that Hashem gave him, we have to understand. Hashem said that your offspring should get, will get this land. That means Hashem is giving it this whole land only to his offsprings, not in conjunction with the people that are living there. So what's the connection to the fact that people are working there? We're taking away all those people that are working there. Hashem says, I'm going to give it to your offsprings, this Haaretz, this whole land. That means only your offsprings are going to have this land and not those people that are working. So who really cares about what the nature of the people that are doing there now that they're working and they're not wasting their time? They're not going to be there anyways when you're going to get the land. So why is this such an impressive thing that Avram says, I want to be there because people are working? God says, okay, that's the place I'm going to give you. What does it got to do with the people that are working there? He's giving it only to Avram's offsprings and not to those people. And even more, 
these people that were working was only during the time of Avram. When does Avram's children, offsprings, get into the land of Israel? A couple hundred years later. So for sure those people are not going to be around. So what's the connection of those people that are working in the time of Avram, that Avram's so impressed, he wants to be in a place where people are working? These people are not going to be there. How do you know even what's going to be there later? What's the, what does the land have to do with it? He should have said, I want to live with these people. What does it have to do? He's saying, I want to live with this in this land. What does the land got to do with these people? These people won't even be here soon. So this is the Rebbe's question on the Medrash. Because the Medrash understands it to be connected. That Avram likes the land because they're working. Hashem says, okay, I'm going to give it to your offsprings. But the Rebbe says, this, how do you fit this in? His desire for the place that people are working. People are not even going to, he's not giving it to those people. He's only giving it to his offsprings. So this is the question. Now he has one more question on this subject. Because he says, let's say, let's say that you want to come up with a novelty of an answer. And you're going to say, you know why this land is a good place? Because this land is has some kind of blessing. It has got a good luck. It's got a segula. It's got a, a, a fertileness that this land has that people will always want to work. Like the sages say elsewhere that there are certain lands that grow this kind of produce, certain lands are this kind of things. Certain lands are good for different grow- growings of things. So maybe you could say that what was the blessing that Avram wanted? He wanted this land, not so much that the people worked there, but it was a good place to work because the land itself is... It just got a good blessing for working it. So he says, the problem with saying this idea of an answer is that we know the sages have already told us in a number of places that the Canaanite people were very, very low. They lived low. They were promiscuous. They were actually the worst behaved people at that time. They, their actions were makukal. They, they, they were just wrong. They were bad. That means, even in comparison where Avram came from, according to the sages, it's not just about eating and drinking. Maybe they worked, but they were very, very corrupt people. So how could you say that the only quality of this land is, is that the people worked? We're talking about major deficiency in these people. Very nice, they may have worked. But they were major, major corrupted people. So how could it be that this land that people worked, even though they were so corrupt, should be the land that Avram wants to settle in? Totally doesn't make sense. So again, let's summarize the two questions that Avram is impressed that people are working. Number one, what has it got to do with these people working God promised the land only to the Jews, not to everybody else. So what, what's so impressive these people are working on? What has it got to do with the land that the Jews are going to be in? And number two, it seemingly doesn't make sense. Why are you so impressed about these people are working? They're also known as the most corrupted and lowest of behavior of people that existed in the world. So just because they're working, why would, you, why would Avram choose to be there? So those are the questions. So to understand this, we have to go into a Talmud, a beautiful piece of Talmud. And 
for those of you that that are are watching it, you could uh, you'll be able to follow this uh, piece of uh, Talmud here on the screen. This is a a Talmud in tractate Sanhedrin, and over there it talks about the importance and the value of work. Because again, Avram's impressed of work, so the Rebbe goes and says, "Okay, let's do a check." There's a beautiful story or quote in the Talmud about the ideas of working and the importance of working. And here go here is the piece. Rabbi Eliezer said, we have a verse about that every person was created to toil. We have to remember this paragraph well because this will be the key to the whole def- ideas of work. Every person was created to toil. You want to know what you're doing on this world? You should know you were created to work. And toil is more than just work. Like work hard. What's Rabbi Eliezer's proof that every person was born to work? Call Adam la'amol nivra. Because it says in the verse in Job, ki Adam le'amol yulad. Man is born to toil. So he has a quote that proves his point that he says every person is created to toil because I have a verse. It says clearly a man was born to toil. Now Rebelezer says, okay, I hear you. I have a word that says toil to work, but he says, I admit, I do not know whether the person was created, whether he was created for verbal toil or whether he was created for physical toil. What kind of toil are we talking about? To talk? Talk take, could make you exhausted. Talking and talking and talking, right? You can get very tired eventually. But So he says, I don't know what kind of toil this is. The verse only says man was born to toil. But what kind of toil? Is this toil a verbal toiling? Work hard verbally? Or are we talking about physical labor? So he says, I have a verse. There is a verse that says in Proverbs, it says that when his mouth forces him, these are the words, when his mouth forces him. So you see in this, in this quote that mouth and being forced, forced means there's exertion in it. So when the verse uses those two words that when his mouth forces him, that means that Toil has to do with wordings from your mouth. Has to do with something to do with the mouth. So he says to this, you must say that you were created for verbal toil. Because again, the verse connects mouth with force. So that's his first half of his scholarly dilemma. But then he says, okay, if it's verbal toil, now I have another question. And still, I do not know whether you were born, whether it is for toil of Torah or conversational toil. How do I know what kind of verbal talk? Is it verbal in Torah talking or is were you created to have conversational talk? I'm sure it means meaningful conversational talk, but still it doesn't mean that you were born to sit and study with your mouth or does it mean to use your mouth for conversational toil? So he says, I have another verse when it says, in Joshua, it says there that, that God was warning Joshua, when you're going to in the land of Canaan, make sure 
that this book of the Torah shall not depart from your mouth. Ah, so this is the verse right here. This book of the Torah shall not depart from your mouth. So what do you see? That when it says to work hard, and we know it means verbal hard, what kind of verbal? It has to mean Torah, because there's a clear black and white verse in Joshua that says that it means that the Torah should not depart from your mouth. That means you have to always use your mouth for what kind of talk? Not just regular conversational talk, but it means talking of Torah. You must say that he was created for the toil of Torah. Now, what's beautiful about this is, as you see, that when the sages want to bring a proof to a point, you always have to have a backup of a verse in the Tanakh. Those are the godly given words. You got to pull out a verse anywhere you want in the Bible. But if you have a verse, it's backed up. So Rabbi Eliezer says, in Job it says, you were born to toil, to work. Okay, nobody's arguing because there's a clear verse. But what kind of work? First he says, maybe it means the work, the toil of your mouth, or maybe it means to physically work land or you know physical labor. He proves it from a verse that it means you were born for toil with your mouth. Then he says, okay, now that I know that it's my mouth, how do I know what kind of work do I do with my mouth? Is it just conversational talk or is it Torah talk? So he proves it from a verse in Joshua that says you have to always be using your mouth for Torah. So that's his conclusion. So what does it mean that you were born to toil to work? It means to talk Torah all the time. So the Rebbe asks, few questions on this, on this Talmud. He says, it's not understood. How is it possible for Rabbi Eliezer to even suggest as a possibility that why were you born to work in commerce? How could he even think that? Like, why would you think that? What kind of benefit is there in physical labor. Why would God want you to work physical labor? Toil and working. I mean, like, how did he even, why would he even think that as a suggestion? Look, in the conclusion, he proves it from the verses that it doesn't mean physical labor. But in his, in his thought process, he says maybe it means that. It doesn't show my picture here. So, he says that, so that's one question. How could he even think that it's maybe work of physical labor. Number two, it's not even understood in the second dilemma he had. He said, okay, he proved that it means work with your mouth. But then he says, well, I'm not sure. Is it work of your mouth conversation talk or is the work of your mouth Torah talk? What is the world going on over here? We all know how careful we have to be not to just talk conversational talk. You know the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, it says, it says, I've not found something that should be so good for your body better than silence. Clear Mishnah and Pirkei Avos. The Rambam elaborates about talking wasteful talk and the Rambam says that most speech that humans talk actually have a negative effect. Imagine that. 
It's not just that it's wasteful, no good effect. The Rambam says it's actually negative talk. So what's going on over here? How is it possible that Rebbe Eliezer should even have a thought process to say, maybe what kind of toil were you born for to talk? Regular conversational talk. How can he even think that? I get it that in the conclusion, he comes up with the, with the source that toil means talking Torah. But how could he even think that it would be something else? Now, here, the Rebbe blows us off the table with this next question. There is a rule that before you learn any parts of the Torah, you have to say a bracha. Just like before you eat, right? Before you drink, you make a blessing. The same thing is, l'chaim, the same thing is before you learn Torah. The Torah is God's. He gives it to you. So before you learn it, you have to say a blessing. What blessing? You say, Baruch Hashem You say, Asher Bachar Banu, Mikol HaMim, V'natan Lanu Et You chose us from all the nations and you gave us your Torah. Now, what's interesting is, is that if you open a Talmud and you want to study Talmud, you also have to say that bracha first, of course. The, tar- the Talmud is total Torah. So that means that if you, let's say you decided to learn only the first half of Rabbi Eliezer's quote, maybe work means labor. He says, no, it's not labor because I have a verse. But if you wanted to learn just his question of his thought process, that maybe it means physical labor. You know, you have to say a blessing on that too. That means that even the thought process, the question that the sages asked is also part of the Torah. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to say a blessing with Hashem's name. The fact that the law is you have to say a blessing with Hashem's name even on those parts of the Torah, that just shows you that even the question is Torah. Well, if the question is Torah, how could he even think for a second that it's possible that we should be born to work for physical labor? Or in the second half of the, his analysis, that you should be maybe born just to t- talk, have conversational talk? How, how could he even think that? And that's also Torah? And not just that. We say, and then we say these words, et He gave us his Torah. That means the true authentic Torah. That means even in the questions in the Talmud, it's the true authentic Torah. Well, if that's the true authentic Torah, what does he mean by thinking? What's what's the possibility of that it's a Torah idea that you should really physically work and you should just talk all kinds of conversational talking? So the fact that it's part of the Torah must mean that working also has a source and a reason that the Torah also wants you to work. The only difference is that since his conclusion is that that's not the reason why you were born, but he doesn't say that's not the reason why you're born. He says, you were born to toil. May I don't know if it's toiling in work or toiling in with your mouth. I have a verse that means toiling with your mouth. He didn't say that it does not mean toiling and work. He just said, I have a verse to prove this. That means working is part of the divine reason why you were born, but that's not the ultimate reason why you were born. You see, this is what's very important for us to understand. Hashem created us to work, and it means to work 
At the first basic level, it means to physically work. Work, labor. Amal, malacha. To do malacha means work. The only thing is that that's not the ultimate purpose to work. The ultimate purpose is, is going to be to use your mouth. But even in your mouth, does it mean regular conversational talk? That's also a Torah thing to do. But that's also not the ultimate. The ultimate's going to be the full measure of purpose in this world is going to be to toil with your mouth in Torah. In other words, the order of the way Rebbe Eliezer asks his question. First he says, maybe it means work, physical work. Then he says, it means work of your mouth. The fact that he said that it means work of physical labor, that's one level of work. But since that's not the ultimate purpose in this world, you have to have also talking with your mouth, working labor, toil with your mouth. I, maybe it means conversational talk. That's also a level because you could make a bracha on the Torah just for that question. So that's also piece of truth. But that's also not enough of a purpose why you were here. You have a higher purpose. And this is what we're going to go through to speak. Let's understand the importance of work. Why does Hashem want you to work? Why is it so important? As Job put it, Adam la'amal yulad. You were born just for Torah. Why? Why did Hashem make it? That you have to work. We all understand that God is the ultimate source of goodness and that God is the nature, the source of natural goodness who always wants to promote goodness. Why would Hashem, who wants only goodness, why would Hashem make a person have to come to toil and to work so hard? Would Would He not have some pity on us? Why does He want you to work so much? Now, it's possible in the process now of thinking. Let's try to give a rationale why Hashem wants us to work. There is a, a saying that the sages quote in the Talmud, another quote from a Talmud that says that the nature of a person is that you would rather work much harder, very hard, to sat- to, and you would only achieve 10% the amount through your own labor than getting 90% as a gift from somebody else. What would you rather? What would you rather? Most people would rather work for a living and get your results of your labor. And even if it's only 10% of the amount that you would get from somebody else without working hard. That's the nature of the way it is. So maybe that as you could say that why did Hashem say, even though God's the source of goodness, why did He say you should work? Because Hashem knows that that's your nature. You're gonna, you'd rather work hard for it. But He says that what, that doesn't make sense to us. Because then you could turn the question on God. Why did He create that nature that we love more, a smaller amount that came through your labor? <laughs> so He says, what you see from this is, that there must be something deeper and greater in the quality of working. And that is the following. Who makes things? Who creates things? Who's the creator of the world? God. So here is the beautiful reason why Hashem wants us to work. He says, if you work, I'm going to make you a partner with me. I'm the ultimate source of working. I worked for six days and created the world. If you work, you're going to become a shutif with HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'may And we say this at Friday night in the davening, we say, if you say, you, you're considered to be a partner with God in the creating of the world. 
So Hashem says, that's why I want you to work. If you work, you're going to become a partner with me in the creation of the work. And therefore, Hashem set the system in the creation of the world that when a person needs something and you're going to get it all for free, you're not going to be happy with that. As a matter of fact, we call bread that you got for free, it's called embarrassment bread. There's nothing to brag about it. A person that got an inheritance and never works, he has nothing to show off. I, I worked for this. It's like embarrassment for him. So the whole purpose of Hashem setting up things that you don't have is in order for you to work hard so you now become a giver. You now become like a creator to give to society to create something. There's actually a, a marsha he brings from the Talmud that says the word to toil, li'amol, has an act, it's a little bit of a deeper quote, but it's a nice acronym. He says the word li'amol, to work hard, also has an acronym, li'amol, amenas li'amid. Why should you learn? In order to teach somebody else. Same, same concept. The purpose of work, Hashem made it in a way that you now will need something. And how do you fulfill your need? By working. Because now you moved up to a level where you're now like Hashem. You now became a creator in something. You became a partner in making something happen that would have not happened without you. Now we can understand why the Talmud has first a question. Maybe you were born to work. Ah, why work? Because since there's a benefit in work, what happens when you work? You are elevated to the level of a giver. You're elevated to the level of a creator. You now became a partner with Hashem. So it makes sense to think that maybe we were created only to work because that's such a beautiful quality. You now become a giver. You now become somebody that could make a difference if you work hard because that's what Hashem did. He worked. In creating, so now you become a partner with Hashem. That was the thought process of the Talmud. Rabbi Lezer says, maybe you were born only for work. And therefore, that's the first thinking. It says a person was created to work, to, to, to why you were born was to toil. It means not just to talk or just to tire. It means actually to work. Meaning that through your work, it, meaning, of course, to do work the way Hashem wants you to do work. According to the Jewish laws, there's a whole process, there's a whole set of laws to do it in ethical ways, not to steal and not to cheat and not even to steal uh, knowledge. There's a whole list of things to do it in ethical ways. But that's what it means to work. That's what his thinking is. Maybe you were born just for that. Why? Because in the working itself, there's a benefit. You become a giver and a partner with Hashem. But the next part of the Talmud was that working alone is not enough. There has to be something else just to become a partner with Hashem is not going to be enough. Why? Because you cannot reach the ultimate purpose of why you were put into this world just for work. You need to have also conversational talk. You need to have what's called toiling through speech. Because to become a partner with Hashem is only when you're going to be like Hashem. You have to be like your partner. If you're a partner, you have to have a similarity. Since Hashem is not just the giver of creation, Hashem also makes things from new. He makes a chidush in the world. He makes novelties. It's understood that the partner, the person, also has to be able to make a novelty something. So working alone, physical labor is not enough. 
even though it's a great quality because you became a partner with God. But since in the work a labor never doesn't express itself, how are you so special? Because look around the world. Do you know, and everybody knows, animals also work. Animals also work. They could pull things, they rake, rake things, and many different things animals could do. So if you only work and don't use your quality of speech, then guess what? Very nice, you're a very high level, but you still have not moved into a level that you're higher than the world of animals. Therefore, in order to extinguish yourself from the quality of animals, you also have to have speech. Because what's the quality of a human over an animal is the fact that you are called the species of speech, called the min You're able to speak, communicate with speech. So now that you could speak, now I have also the quality of creating and making a novelty in the world itself, in the creation itself. So that's why you need to have also the idea of toiling with speech, not just toiling in physical labor. But then you could say that this is not enough to be a partner with Hashem. Why? Because how, how much am I a piece of God? In, the, in being a partner with God in the creation of the world. How much of a partner am I really? Because I, I spoke, is that enough? The question is, how do you become an actual peace? How do you become connected, united with God in your speech to really be like one with God? The only way to do that is the kind of speech. The speech has to be Torah talk. Why? Because we know that the Torah is the, is the entity that bonds us with God. So if you really want to connect with God and really toil to the highest level, it has to be with Torah. Regular work makes you a partner with God because God creates. Speak is very nice because that shows that you're not like the animal you're higher than them. But if you want to bond and become one with God, you have to learn God's Torah. When you learn God's Torah, you, the wisdom of God is now in you. You're speaking the words of God. You're speaking God's Torah. That's why it says that the Torah, for example, it came down from the higher worlds down to this low world and it never changed. It never got contaminated. Nothing. The Torah is still 100% pure. And actually, the written parts of the Torah, when you learn the written parts of the Torah, you don't even have to understand it. Because it's so godly, those words. So that's why when it comes to toil work, what kind of toil? You really need all three kinds of toil. When the Talmud says a thinking process, maybe it means you were born to toil and labor. Maybe it means you were born to toil and talking a lot. Maybe it means to toil and Torah. It doesn't mean, even though the conclusion is the third, it doesn't exclude the first two options. And the proof being is, because the Talmud would have never even mentioned that as a maybe if it wouldn't be a Torah thing too. And the fact that you have to make a bracha when you, before you learn that piece of Torah, that alone tells you that that's also Torah. So work is, toiling and work is also a Torah idea. The only thing is, it's not enough. It's not the ultimate purpose for you in this world. So everybody must toil because you were born to toil. What kind of toil? All three. 
One level of toil is labor, physical labor. One level is through conversational ones, and what, which is becoming a higher level of a partner with God where you're becoming more like godly because you're using your quality of speech. And the highest level is using God's Torah itself in your speech. And that's the ultimate highest level of being a partner with God when you're now talking godly. Now, as we have learned in many of the Rebbe's talks, he goes into now another layer, another uncovering another layer of understanding all this. We just learned now the three kinds of terminologies of toil, how it makes sense that they're all Torah-based and proven that this is what the Torah wants. But now he's going to say, like everything of Torah, there's a deeper meaning. There's a much more deeper quality in work and there's a much more deeper quality in speech than we think of on the surface. And even in the Torah, learning, there's even different levels of embracing your Torah knowledge. And here he says like this. There is a talk from the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe's father-in-law, that he said in 1929 in a discourse and over there, he analyzes the difference of this quote of the Talmud. What is the difference between toil of work and toil of speech? So he says like this. Toil in work, working hard in work, has many different understandings, right? I'm sure all of us learning here today, some people think working hard means sitting at a computer. Some people working hard means you're actually gardening and changing some uh, stonework, Right? And some people think you have to be a mechanic. Everybody has a different idea of what's called hard toil of working. But he, say, he says there, the deeper meaning of toil has a whole different beautiful meaning. What it means is like this. Toil in work means you work hard to realize that you're going to work faithfully. And you're going to have faith in God to realize that all my livelihood was given to me by a blessing of God. That's the real meaning of toiling in work. Not what most people think toiling means this guy's schlepping heavy stuff and because you slept 100 pounds and I slept 50 pounds, you are more worked. No. The ultimate thing of toiling in work is to realize and have the faith that who gives you your blessing of business? It's Hashem. Hashem is like we say in the benching every day after the grace after meals. Hazan umafarnes is Hashem. Who gives you your food, your sustenance, your money for your sustenance, for your shelter and so on, all is God. And by the way, the simple proof, I could just use my own analogy here, but the simple proof is that we all know people that work hard and some for some reason cannot cover their bills. There are some people that don't work hard at all. They work a little bit, but they're, they're making it. The main thing is, is having faith that who is your provider? Is it your boss at work? Or is it Hashem? So when it says to toil and work, what does it mean to toil? Toil with this idea in you all the time. That it's Hashem that gives you your parnasa. What does it mean toil in speech? So he says, this means to work hard, to toil in your davening when you pray. Because how do you pray? With your speech. Work hard in your davening. What does that mean to work hard in the davening? So look, over here, he doesn't really elaborate on it. 
But the simple meaning is to concentrate and to think the translation of the words that you're saying. Understand the words. Try to focus. These are key things in prayer. Connection with Hashem. How do you connect with Hashem? By disconnecting with everything else that's around you. Right? Or like somebody once said, he said there's a law that you're not supposed to pray. This is not here in the Sicha, but it's a good anecdote here. There's a law that a person shouldn't pray next to their wife. When you're praying, talking to God, don't pray next to your wife. So people ask, what's wrong to pray next to my wife? I understand that I shouldn't pray next to strangers, other women. That's, that can be quite distracting. But your wife, what's wrong to pray next to your wife? So one of the beautiful explanations is that Hashem says, look here, when you're talking to your wife, I don't want you to talk to me. I want you to talk to her. But if you're going to talk to me, talk to me like a mensch. So pick who you're talking to. Right now you're talking to your wife. So talk to your wife. You're going to talk to me. Go to the side and talk. She shouldn't feel like you're talking to somebody else, right? Like the person who's texting while they're talking to the wife. It's almost, you know, it could be similar to that, you know? So back to our thing here. What does it mean to toil, to work hard? It means to work hard, to toil in prayer. This is the deeper meaning of toiling. Again, according to Hasidus now, toil means of work is to have the proper faith. Toil and speech means prayer. That means that the foundational approach of work is to be when I'm working, but to realize that everything that was created around me was only for God, and God is the one that's going to give me my livelihood. In speech, I'm now going higher than the world because I'm davening. When you pray, you're going even higher. That means toiling in work is faith. When you have faith, in God is what? That my field should produce its produce. That my manager should pay me. Right? But I'm having faith in Hashem in the work that I'm doing. That means this faith is connected to this world. When you pray, you're stepping out of this world. You're going to a different level. You're praying, you're connecting with Hashem. You know, in, in the idea of prayer... The, the verse that speaks about by Jacob that he had the dream with the ladder going up. So we know, we use the term about the ladder in connection with us and Hashem when we daven. Davening is like going up rungs in a ladder. According to Hasidus, there are four rungs in the ladder. The lowest rung is the section in the beginning of davening when you have the verses of praises. The next is the section of the blessings before the Shema. The third rung is the actual Shema. And the fourth rung, the highest level of the ladder, is the silent prayer. Also alluded to the four rungs is the four worlds. The low, we all, we've learned about this many times, the four worlds. The lowest world called Asiya is the first rung. Then you go to a higher level out of this world a little bit. You pick yourself up. You go more into the spiritual world. You go to the, the world of Yitzira formation. Then you go to the higher one, Bria creation. And then you go into Atsilos, the highest one, where you're so united with God with the silent prayer. So these are 
the ideas of going up the rung. So prayer is not like any kind of work. Even when you do business in a spiritual way that you feel that it's all about Hashem. And by the way, if you feel it's all about Hashem, when you're done working, you lock the door of your office and you leave your business in the office. There's no point to take it home because Hashem takes care of the rest. What, I have to check my email every single second? You know that Hashem is taking care of the business. I did my part. I'll be back there tomorrow. So when it comes to davening, you're now going up out of this world of the commerce, totally. And therefore, together with the idea of working in labor, labor work, toil in labor, and together with the idea even of sicha, of going out a little bit higher of the world, the going into this ladder through prayer, you now elevated out of the world of the physical world. And I went into the world, so to speak, of the heavenly spiritual stuff. Levels outside this world. That's why anybody that ever tastes a little bit of davening, of praying, loves it. It's amachaya. You go out of the, the space that you're in now. You can get lost in there. So now he says, okay, so why do I need speech of Torah? I have working so faithfully in the spiritual faith of trust in God. I pray and I feel so elevated. I'm now, you know, in such a spiritual space. Of course, in the davening, you talk a little bit about Hashem helping you for your material needs, but most of the davening is not about that. Talking about all these praising God for, and talking about the angels and all these beautiful things. God is one, let alone when you start learning the depths of these prayers, right? So why do I need to go to the world of Talmud, of learning Torah? So here he goes in like this. Even though to- speech, toiling in speech, a prayer, which means prayer, affects you to go a step higher than the world, nevertheless, you still have not fulfilled your ultimate novelty in this world of the creation. Because since when you went out of this world, how high did you go out of this world? In a way that you're still connected to this world. Ever, does it ever have happened to you? Maybe not, but maybe you know somebody like that. That when they're in shul, in their minds, they're so spiritual, they make up in their mind they're never going to sin ever again. But the second they finish praying, they go outside, and all the thoughts that you had before you prayed start coming back again. How does that happen? That's because when you're praying, even though you're going above for that period of time, you're still connected to this world. So therefore, you did not accomplish still to have an unbelievable change of the whole existence of everything. You didn't have a chidush that should be what's called a shinoi, a transformation. How do you get to the level of transformation? So this is the concluding piece of the Talmud. The Talmud concluded and said that ultimately, why were you born to toil? What kind of toil? What was the concluding? The conclusion was... Toil of Torah. Why? Because Torah, even when it came down into this world, the Torah is still the infinite Torah of God. So even though the Torah is higher than the world, even when it comes down into this world, it's still the infinite Torah. Therefore, Torah has the power to change something in this physical, material world. There's actually a fascinating footnote here. He says, where do you see that the Torah has the power to change the physical, material things of this world? There's a Talmud in the Yerushalmi, and in brief, it learns from a certain verse in the Torah. 
there are certain laws that apply to a girl up until three years old. They're considered to be that their um, change in their private areas of their body have not changed. Until they're three, they haven't developed these private areas of their body. So what happens if somebody violated a girl that was three years old, exactly three years old? So we say you have certain punishments because she's already three. Now, what happens if a few days after this act happened, people went to the court and they testified about the new moon and they made all their calculations in the courts and they said that, oops, this year we're going to announce it as a leap year. We're going to add now a 13th month to this year. So this girl who you thought was three years old is now one month short really from her third birthday. So what happens here is you see that the Torah is saying that there's, the Torah has the power to change even the physical status of the age of this girl by announcing that this year we're going to add a 13th month. It had nothing to do with this girl that they added the 13th month, but it changes that she's now not considered to be three. I mean, she's not considered to be three years old anymore. So the point is that you see that Torah itself has a power of transformation of law in this world. Now, in order to understand, to reach this level of the Torah, that it takes you to such a level that it's a whole different world, you need to have first, the first two levels. You first need to work this world. You need to have a job. You need to work and toil. And once you toil and you work, then now you're a partner with Hashem. Now I go up to a higher level. And from that higher level, I can go even to the higher level with the Torah and I become one with Hashem. Therefore, before you toil properly, and after that, you can then reach to the level through prayer, and that after that, you can reach to the level that comes through toil in Torah, which the Torah is connected to the essence of God. Now, once I'm connected to the essence of God, now I have the power to build the ultimate goal that Hashem wanted, to have a dwelling place in this world. How are you going to make a dwelling place for Hashem? What do you know about Hashem? Ah, if I connected with his Torah, now I could do it. And that's the order in the way these three categories go. Toil of work, then toil of speech, of prayer, then toil in Torah. And this makes it all very sweet now, the verse that says in Job, a person was born to toil because through all these kinds of toil, all three kinds of toiling, physical labor, Conversational talk, in the deeper meaning, conversational talk, meaning talk of, of davening, and the third highest level through Torah, then I become a partner with Hashem, I'm like Hashem, and now I'm able to bring the full purpose of this world. Now, like we spoke before about the service of a person in this world, that the ultimate goal is to reach the level where you toil in Torah which is higher than this world, in order to accomplish that, you go through the first two levels, so too it is with the land of Israel, the same thing. It works the same system. Now we're going to go back to the original verse that Abraham chose this land. Why? Because people were working. But working is not the highest level. Now we understand. What happened with Israel? The land of Israel 
first, God gave it to the seven nations, right? And like Rashi says in the first Rashi of the whole Torah, God gave it to the seven nations of the land with the purpose, from the beginning was this purpose, that the Jews will conquer it and transform this land, which we did in the days of Joshua. We conquered and transform it. From the land of the nations, it becomes now the land of Israel, the holy land. And the whole world calls it the holy land, right? It's a land that in it is revealed the lights of the Torah, which is even higher than the world. And this all started from the days of Avram. Because in the beginning, what was Avram? It says that Avram began the 2,000 years of Torah study. We know the first, most of the first 2,000 years was no Torah in this world being studied. Abraham was born in what year? You remember in 1948 from creation, right? Which is basically around the 2,000. He lives 175 years. So he begins the next 2,000, the third and the 4,000 years of Torah. In order, what was the point that Avram began those 2,000? That's when the Torah was given, right? In the third thousandth year, the year 3333. Right? So, uh, sorry, the year 2448 that Torah was given. So, it was just three, 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 three years ago. Sorry. So, the point of Avram starting this idea of the value of work to get to the toil of Torah is because he began that era of the light of Torah coming into the world. Now, through thinking about all of this process, starting this process, through working hard, and to the point like the Talmud puts it in Megillah, working hard will guarantee success. If you don't work hard and you say, I succeeded in my Torah study, don't believe a person that he really worked hard. That he really found, sorry, that he really found it. You could only find something successfully if you worked hard. Somebody comes home, your kid comes home and says, "Ah, I got a hundred, I didn't work hard. Either don't believe him that he didn't work or don't believe him that he got a hundred. Because you're only going to get the mark when you worked hard. And in this world, that's what this means. That you work hard, you get the results in this world till the conclusion is you realize that there is a creator to this world. After all this toil, you realize that there's a master to the world. Till the idea that you realize that the master to this world is way beyond this world. to the point that we say, as the sages put it, that the main goal of this world is not even, the main idea of godliness, in other words, is not that God created this world. The main thing is that we made this world into a godly place. That's the key. Now, in order for the land of Israel to be the vessel, the conduit, to be able to have the, the light of the Torah from Avram, so, and to transform it into not just the land of Israel, but to make it into the holy land, First, you have to have the, the idea of toil and labor. Then you have to have toil in, in speech. And therefore, only when the people that were in the land, when he saw them, that they were working the land, they were seeding it, they were heating it, they, they were working the land, right? As we said earlier, that these people in the land, they were busy with weeding it and hoeing it and so on or so on, right? Only for doing that physical work, that was all a preparation to the ultimate prayer and wish of Avram that this should be the land because this will be the land that will be able to transform it. 
and Hashem says to your offsprings, I'm going to give it to them because they actually successfully transformed it. And let us hope that we should be able to constantly do this all three levels of toil, work toil in, in, in work, but don't be satisfied with that level, even though you're a partner with Hashem. Move up to the higher level through speech, where you now create, become a novelty in the creation of Hashem. You're higher in the world of the animal domains. And then to the highest world, you become one with Hashem through the learning of the Torah. Not just a partner, but you become one. And with this, we conclude of today's talk, Sicha.